Hello, welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about World of Warcraft Legion. But before we do that, Buddy, watch for the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast. On this podcast, it's pretty simple. We uh, like to talk about games. And today is going to be the big... Uh, Legion retrospective, right? We're coming up on Battle for Azeroth. It'll be actually about six months from today. Uh, a lot of alpha information is coming out. I do think that there's like a little tiny bit of a content patch um, some like sometime in the future, but I also think that that's like the pre-patch. So I feel pretty confident at saying, yep, Legion is over, right? We went, uh, you know, we went from beginning to end from the Emerald Nightmare to Antorus, uh, the Burning Throne. And, and we can, and we can talk about it as an, as an explicit chunk of World of Warcraft time. Now, obviously I've been playing Legion, um, pretty I mean, my, my sub has been up, and there are a couple of times when I kind of got uh, uh, distracted by other things, shall we say. Um, but at the end of the day, I've been I've been playing um, Legion beginning to end, um, and you played for the beginning, and then kind of skipped the middle and came back and have uh, gone through the rest of everything from the end. Is that right? Yeah, I've been like power cramming my way through the the end content because I don't know that's the way I, that's the way I did. End of Pandaria, and that's the way I did Warlords right to the beginning. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, same. Oh uh, yeah, I guess you're right. We did do that with Pandaria. I kind of forgot about that. Because uh, um, you got the legendary cloak, right? I gave up on yeah. the legendary cloak. Yeah, I got the cloak. Because I was just like bored of like running. Because you had to like repeat like LFR or whatever a million times to get all these little like doodads. Yeah, no, I also ended up getting the ring at the end of Warlords. Is kind of yeah, I got things. the ring. I don't know. I think I, I got the ring, but I was also, I started off in a better position because I had done the first bit of the ring quest, so it wasn't as yeah. bad. No, I, I needed to, like, hit them every week. I had, like, no wiggle room at all at the end of that. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, and now I have, uh, I don't know, is there anything I'm racing towards? Maybe getting, like, my artifact appearances. Um, are you going to do, are you going to do the mage tower? I did the Mage Tower already, actually. Oh, did you? Oh, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, not on... Um, only on my Windwalker, though. So mm. I might try and... I don't care so much about Mr. Weaver. I might try and do it on Brewmaster, because I like the way that, that one looks. And then I also want to get my Alliance Rogue up to level, and then get those Fencer appearances, because I love the way yeah. those look. I know. I love the way the, the, those look, too. I have... Uh, I mean, I have 11 110s now. 10 unique classes because I have two warriors. Um, <laughs> and I've been like slowly working towards uh, doing the mage tower appearances, but so far I've only done the one for arms. And I've attempted the tank challenge for prot warrior, which is like insanely hard. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm, I'm super, I'm super into it. Windwalker is actually one of the ones I really want because I like those, the fish, the Zuan kind of like tiger. Fists. Yeah, no, they do, they do look pretty cool. I like the whole cans better. Um, but, uh, I do think that they look excellent. Um, I'm also, ex I'm excited for kind of moving forward, right? Like once we hit BFA, they're going to be just regular appearances you can pull out, right? Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm excited for that kind of thing. I'm also excited for maybe having like m being able to mix, mix and match things a little bit more, right? Like one of the, mm -hmm. one of the reasons I really want the, the fencers, the fencer appearances is not for using them as they are, but like to do that kind of classic, like, um, May, like uh like you know a uh, fencing sword and like dagger thing 
Yeah, um, yeah. I, I actually I have that appearance. Not not with the fencing sword, but I have like a like a cutlass or like a saber. Um, the the rogue that I'm leveling is outlawed. He has like a say, he has two swords, but one of them is like a very short sword, and the other one is like a really long like saber. You feel super piratey yeah, that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm 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 super pumped for that. But let's uh, I guess let's jump in there. Like, how how do we think that uh, the artifacts played out in this expansion, and, and how uh, and, and, and what did you think of the mechanics? Given okay, so I think artifacts time. are one of the biggest systems that they announced at, uh, you know, like at BlizzCon 4 Legion, right? Like, this is one of the big, huge draws of playing Legion. It's one of the, um, it's kind of like the central system uh, that kind of bound everything together, um, it felt like. In a way that, like, the garrisons did, um Though the garrisons are also also have like the order hall analog and like warlords, right? Um, or in Missa Pandaria, you know, for instance, we had the legendary quest line to get like the cloak and stuff like that, right? Like that the, the the artifacts were were um, all throughout the expansion. They were just like super important and created a whole new currency and artifact power um, for people. Um, I think artifacts are a mixed bag, especially compared to some of the other, like, unmitigated and unqualified successes that I'm sure we'll talk about later. Um, you could tell that there was... Um, <sighs> artifacts brought back a system that people have been wanting to bring back for a long time, which is point-by-point -point talents, right? Um, but unfortunately, in the same way that point-by-point -point talents eventually just became, like farmed out to the community to do the math to figure out what the most efficient way to uh like what the most efficient talents were um the same thing happened with artifacts at the very earliest very beginning point of the expansion where you got these guides that were like first you go to this golden trait then you go to that golden trait then you go you know what i mean um and it wasn't that same kind of like oh i got a new you know, I got a new point for my artifact. Um, where, you know, like, where do I put it? Also, I think that um, the process of filling out the artifact entirely, because of the way that artifact research works, because of the exponential gains um, of the artifact, right? Like, it, we didn't get to feel um, the, the, that progression, especially on alt characters, and I have a whole bunch of them, which is why which is where this kind of like kicks into high gear um, because you all of the all of the AP that you're getting while you're leveling right and you put it into your artifact power you get like a couple of different traits or whatever and then all of a sudden you hit 110 and artifact research and you immediately go to the top of artifact research um, and the next thing you put in puts like 7.3 billion you know AP and you just click and you just click through everything and get to like those those dump traits at the very end, um, and then of course you get all the way to the Netherlight Crucible, which is a, which is a very cool thing, but it's also just it's also just been brought down to a math level um, as well. Like on the Wowhead main page, there are links to all the different Netherlight Crucible guys for people who have crunched the numbers and say this is worth. You know, everything is in terms of eye level, right? Like, this trait is worth this much eye level. This trait is worth that much eye level and everything like that. Um, so, like, the, the the process of putting a new trait in there is less about, um, you know, like, choosing the most effective one uh, by just looking at it and more about choosing the most effective one by 
seeing the numbers that someone else has right. it's less about choosing the one that you want right like because ideally in these type of situations they're all kind of equivalent enough that you can that like you make the choice and that choice is meaningful to how you want to play and all of them mm. are roughly um roughly uh uh viable equally right like maybe not absolutely because that's impossible to do um that way you have that way you, it feels like you're making a choice whereas you, it kind of gets down to like which ones are the best um I, I definitely feel that i definitely feel that so yeah so this is why i think the artifacts are a bit of a mixed bag like at the end of the day insofar as artifacts are like this talent point system or whatever i think it falls to the these kinds of these kinds of systems are gratifying and fun to a certain extent um i definitely think kind of incrementalizing progression is a really interesting thing um that is engaging for players right like even if I don't think that these are real choices and that they're fundamentally calculations and that I'm looking up the best possible route on Icy Veins or whatever it is, um, it's still fun to unlock these things. And I also sure. felt a big difference when I got to my golden traits, right? Like, you know, like some of the golden traits, well, some of them were not super great, but some of the golden traits had a big effect on, you know, like on how I played um, on how I played the game and what the rotation was like and everything along those kinds of lines. Um, but I also think that, you know, we just don't live in a world where, where you can kind of have a system like this where you get to choose your own way without being kind of, like, obviously inferior. You know what I mean? Uh, do you mean you don't think that's possible or you just don't think that that's, like, what we're... I think it is possible, maybe, like, there are people who, if I'm a super casual WoW player, and I, you know, maybe I don't, maybe I don't notice, or whatever, but I think most WoW players realize that, like, there is a most efficient path, and they are going to go towards it, um, right, right, because there's a, there's, a, there's a community there to kind of, like, support that. But, but, but sorry, my, my point being that, like, do you think it's not possible to make it, like, if it had been, say, done, quote unquote, correctly, was do you think it's impossible for the for them to have designed artifact trees that didn't that that did have real choice in them and didn't need this kind of like optimal path through them? Yeah, I think it's practically impossible. I mean, when you're doing stuff when you're doing stuff this divvied up and this incrementalized, um, it's it's practically impossible just because like balancing all that stuff is like okay, next, it, it's like so hard you know what i mean so, so you think it's it's impossible based on like the kind of uh yeah but on on the um the the, the individualization of, of the points and the way it's broken down it's interesting because i, I want to follow that into uh, one of the things they've announced for uh bfa is moving away from the model uh that we're currently at with talents which is um uh kind of you switch them for what's right for the boss yeah and you put all of like kind of all the talents that are for like instead of like putting like uh an aoe talent at each level you have all of your aoe talents in one row that way you can make meaningful choices in there and that and lets you customize your character more i like that concept um and to me it doesn't seem like that's an impossible task um do you think that it's possible um to do that uh and and uh, i guess the point would be like you know do you think it's rough enough or not granular enough that, that they can pull it off I actually so I I like the way that they are doing it in in the um, 
that they are they're talking about doing it in bfa right because right now when you do have the kind of okay here's the single target option here's the aoe option what that's really doing is saying carry around 200 tomes and between fights in a raid you know what i mean you, you yeah. pop a tone and, and switch up your talents or something along those lines and i think that that's actually pretty fine for instance i have like aoe i have almost all the legendaries at this point um for warrior um so i have like aoe legendaries and i have single target legendaries and like it feels good to be able to kind of like specialize my equipment um and to a certain extent warriors don't have it in the same way that other classes do where they like have straight up like here's an aoe option here's a single target option um uh but some classes like definitely legitimately do that and they need to uh and they need to change up their talent builds uh in order to kind of get there what they've talked about doing in bfa is that instead of having that be the case they're going to have like okay this is the aoe row what do you want your aoe to look like um as much as i think that that is the better design and i do think it's the better design i think it will still kind of end up being in the same spot people are going to crunch the numbers and they're going to say you know what this is better um than that uh unless they can get some really different play style um kind of specific things in there um we're gonna we're gonna have a similar problem a good example of this for instance would be like okay so blade storm is a big aoe dps cooldown right um and there's a talent to turn it into ravager which is a one minute aoe dps like burst cooldown essentially right so if you put ravager in the same tree that you put like something that pumps up the power of cleaver whirlwind um what you're doing is you're creating a play style that says okay do you want to focus on aoe burst dps or aoe sustained dps you know what i mean um and i think that maybe you could get away with it along those lines but like if you have one talent that says your whirlwind does plus x and you have another talent that says you know 25 percent of the time your whirlwind strikes for plus y right and i i feel like that'll be those two things someone's just going to crunch the numbers and be like okay this one returns higher dps pick that one do you know what i mean yeah no i i see what you mean um i think i i don't think it's necessarily like i don't think it's necessarily completely hopeless um just because like um i've seen this in in the monk trees um back back when the expansion started and i was i cared a lot i, I read a lot of monk theory and like um you know, basically, what was better, Serenity versus Stormwind and Fire. Um, and there was also a lot of talk about, like, which was better for, like, a normal person who wasn't, like, pitch perfect on the rotations. Um, and at that point, they were kind of, like, about equal. Like, I think Serenity for, like, the top end to the top end, I think, had, like, slightly better DPS stuff. And there was also some stuff where, like, Stormwind and Fire had some significant bugs with it. Um, uh, but um, I think hitting that sort of balance where it's, like, well, if, if, if you want to, to push it this way, this one's, like, a little bit of a safer option. But also this one's, you know, better for uh, kind of playing in this style um, with with a little bit more focus on, like, uh, rhythm than, like, trying to hit, like, the corners of, uh, uh, of like, of, of cooldown windows. Um, I think that's okay, and I think, I think that you might be able to hit that all right. Um um, but I think ideally what they want to do is just kind of like have two, like enable two different play styles that, uh, or, you know, multiple different play styles that, uh, um, that are 
approximately equivalent. I, I, what I really wonder is how approximately equivalent it needs to be, not for it to not matter so much in a rate setting, but for people to believe it doesn't matter so much, right? Right. Because um, I think that's actually the bigger the bigger hurdle. Um, if that I makes feel sense. that yeah. Yeah, and so uh, and so I'm looking forward to BFA. I'm specifically also looking forward to getting rid of kind of like quote unquote talents that are in other spots of the game. Uh, they're getting rid of tier bonuses, right? Um, obviously, uh, all of that stuff is getting absorbed into the heart of Azeroth system, which I think is like fundamentally the best way to play it because now you have a. Um, like, now you have a system that's a big catch-all for all of these other kind of, like, you know, l l like, customization subsystems, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, I also want to say, um, as, like, on a note on artifacts, the, the, the good half of the mixed bag of artifacts um, isn't just, like, the progression. Like, part of that is that, like, I always felt as though... Um, there was up to 75 up to artifact level 75 artifact power is valuable right um and so when i'm doing world quests or something along those lines right like or when uh the the broken shore um command center order hall quests hit my order hall um i always felt as though like the artifact power was a valuable one to go for right or that if i'm doing world quests and i get and i get to you know maybe i need order hall resources and i deplete all the order hall resources i always felt good going and getting the artifact power um uh the like the artifact power quests and like funneling that into my into my artifact i think that that as a system creating a new type of currency um is one of the most important things that they got right uh, in Legion, because, like, otherwise, um, and this has happened in other expansions where, like, you couldn't get, there There just wasn't a good enough reason to do dailies or anything along those lines, um, but here, all of a sudden, artifact power is always useful, it's always valuable, it feels good to get a big bag full of it, and then pump it all into your artifact, you know what I mean, just like that, that progression, um, definitely, definitely worked, uh, for me and then just kind of like aesthetically i think the artifacts were pretty great um i don't like every appearance that they ever made but i think that you know locking some of the appearances behind pve pvp the hidden appearances are cool and interesting um uh having all of the appearances be kind of like remixes of an original you know like of the original theme or whatever the first one looks like uh, so, you know, for instance, Ashbringer appearances always have that, like, floaty bit in the middle, you know, like, in the middle yeah. of the sword and everything like that. Uh, I think all that stuff, you know, all that stuff worked like gangbusters. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I agree to a certain point. Um, I think that the crawl from, like, because I think that there was a little bit of a loss of interestingness like in the th getting the third tier of Arclight Crucible like getting enough uh, AP to get to the third tier of Arclight or um Arclight Crucible traits just because those are just more traits on top of like they're more like number traits right like th that second mm -hmm. that middle row feels really satisfying because they're kind of unique oh interesting um but that the the bottom row is just kind of like well it's it's another one of the points on the thing and maybe this is because like I'm still at the point where like I'm just slotting in the best relics I can or the, uh, in, into into my weapon without really thinking about it just because, like, I'm still just trying to 
pump my eye level up a bit because I, I'm obviously I quit when the average where I was like at high eye level at like eight seventy five, right? Yeah. So yeah. like, um, uh, and so may, maybe there's a little bit of that, but like, I definitely felt like the cl- like the climb for like when when I started, I didn't have enough to get my second artifacts or my second relics middle or final tier. I hit that seventy two. I just didn't feel that great because it's like oh, I get another. I get another trait, and the trait isn't even an interesting one. It's like, you know, your X does more, Y percent more damage. Um, uh, and it, that didn't feel super interesting to me, although I definitely feel like it'll fall off again much more once I hit 75. I'm at, like, 73 or 74 right now. Um, uh, yeah, 75 unlocks all of the, you know, like, all of the different traits. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, for Arms Warrior, it always felt good for me to get a new trait and to look at what's in there. Uh, because I have such a good sense for what, like, the good traits are and the bad traits are. And it's almost like a Skinner box, like, loot box kind of effect where, like, oh, I popped a new artifact or a new relic. and e- But even if it is higher eye level, I need to check it in the nether, like, crucible because I'm discerning. And I know, you know, like, that it might actually be garbage or something. Um, or, I'll, like, I'll put it on an alternate weapon or something along those lines. Um, and so um, I... Uh, um, I always found that pretty interesting, at least for Baron. For my other characters, I don't have as good a sense for what the good artifact traits and the bad artifact traits were. So it was a lot easier for me to just go, go to Wowhead. What's the Netherlight Crucible guide? Do a little bit of math. Yep, this relic is better. Like, that yeah. kind of thing. Well, at that point, the, the, the problem I have there is not that, like, that makes the relics more interesting. Which I actually think is, is the Netherlight Crucible made much better, right? Like, the, made the, the, the relics more interesting. Um, right. Um, that, I don't think that makes, like, leveling from 72 to 75 more interesting the artifact power, but that, that's kind of... Um, there. yeah, to me, it's very binary. Once I hit 75, I, artifact power is now worthless to me, you know what I mean? Uh, but getting to 75, even if it does become harder and harder to kind of, like, uh, fill the bucket, uh, um, I had a, I had a, uh, it, I, it stayed at the same level Okay, weird question for you. What, what types of artifacts does Baron... Like, what type of relics do the, does, does the weapon take? Iron, blood, and shadow for arms. Okay. This is exa- I think I think this is why. Um, for for uh, uh, Windweaver, it's shock, iron, and then another shock. So, I already mm. have all three tiers on my first relic. And so, the third one's just kind of, like, more of the same type of thing. Um, especially Especially because, like, the basic... Like, the basic late-level relics you can get um, are, like, literally the same relics, right? Like, the two I have in there now are two I got from World Quests out in Argus, and they're the same relics, so... Right, right. They've got the same tree on them. Uh, and so, like, yeah, I, I feel like that's that's got to be a, a big part of it, is that, like, I feel like I'm getting another of the second one, and it's the same decision tree again, because it, it's, not, it's not like I looked at the two of them and were like, these are... Uh, like, you know, like, I, I really want two of these. It's always felt like, you know, like, well, I, I really want one of these. And then if I got a second one, it'd be like, well, I want that one again. And it'll stack more. Well, isn't... So, I, I, I thought that the second and third level of each relic was randomized. Is it? I don't know. Maybe maybe I just got weirdly... Like, have had a weird luxury because, like, yeah, on, I mine, on mine... Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to go look back at it, but on mine, like... The third tier, they might have been in different positions, but they were all, like, kind of, like, the same traits. They were, like, plus more damage on my my Fists of Fury, 
plus chance to hit uh, or plus chance to proc free blackout kick and plus or in minus cooldown time on a uh, on stormwind and fire okay um i might have yeah i might have just gotten weird had, had yeah, I mean, I don't. That. Yeah, I really have no idea what uh, what that that that's what it always occurred to me as. But I don't have two of the same. In fact, none of the warrior ones. All of the warrior ones have iron, um, and then um, arms has blood and shadow. Um, uh, Prot has blood and fire, and then uh, Fury has fire and storm. Okay. So I never have to like double up on relics like that. Okay, uh, yeah. I'm sure I do have to double up like relics on that for my alts, but I don't think about it in the same way. Yeah, uh, it it sounds like I just maybe got weird weird luck with with the rolls on on my relics then. So maybe maybe this is just a, a mango problem rather than a, than a system problem. Yeah. Um, Something that I worry a little bit about uh, going into Battle for Azeroth is whether or not the relics will kind of uh, like how how they'll deal with relics moving forward. Like I don't quite understand what what they're going to do when you're just using an artifact to like level through a zone um like maybe people just will skip the artifact and they'll use heirloom weapons like i i, I kind of don't really know what will end up happening uh i feel like you just or like what like are, are relics going to drop in raids when i go back and farm old raids and that's just going to be a dead drop yeah i guess maybe it has to be right like right um yeah, because they don't really have any value to them at all. Like, although I don't, I don't think that's that, that's 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 a huge problem, right? Like, they're already like you know, like necks and rings are also dead drops, right? Because um, that's don't true. Give you any you know, you you are correct. That is true. Um, I'm a little bit more worried because like that that was a big thing that inscription got was making relics, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I wonder what they're gonna give inscription to kind of like. Well, I think so. the The reason inscription got relics and so did blacksmithing is because traditionally inscription, blacksmithing, and I also think engineering uh, craft weapons. Um, and so oh, when you okay. take out their ability to craft weapons because everyone's using artifacts, uh, you give them the relics. To, oh, okay, to that, that that makes sense. Yeah, engineering got some. But engineering engineering is always weird because it always gets like, it always feels like at least to me it gets like a a, a weird little dip into some other system because mm -hmm. it's engineering like. At one point, they got, like, cogs, which were weird jewels. Yeah, um, yeah, I remember cogs, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, it was weird. Um, and so, like, I, I just assumed that that was just, like, they are like, well, we don't know what to give engineering, so we'll give them some relics. Yeah, it's because um, engineering use normally makes guns. Yeah, um, that is and, true, yeah. Uh, I think blacksmithing gets the most because they make, like, the most kinds of weapons, and then inscription does staves. Okay. Um, and also, I think, like, all held in offhand books, uh, that kind of thing, so... Um, so yeah, speaking of professions, uh, one of the big changes they made going into Legion, uh, there's two of them. Uh, the first one is kind of like the Obsidium system for crafted gear, um, and um, also that there are like these three star ranks to to the to the recipes, and you have like quest lines to go through to get all of your recipes. Uh, how do you feel about this version of professions compared to other versions of professions? Um, so, uh, uh so, to, to put this out there, I, again, I, I play, my, my primary character is mining engineering, and engineering is always a little weird, um, and I felt that the model actually worked kind of neat for engineering, because the engineering gets a lot of consumables, um, and weird consumables too, um, it, it, like, uh, but it never felt like I needed to make, 
I never felt like I was an alchemist that needed to make like you know like uh, an ass ton of stacks of uh, of potions or whatever. Yeah. Um, but like you know, it was nice to have like bombs or like rocket boots or whatever other BS that I, that I was. Yeah, making. I've always kind of felt like engineering is kind of like purposefully like balanceless um, as a prof- as far as professions yeah. go. Um, you know, like blacksmithing tailoring leatherworking obviously all these guys make armor and that's kind of like that's the value you get out of out of these ones right inscription you get vantis runes right that's the that's like the real value you get out of um out of that um you know you have enchanting obviously which is a big part of like keeping things raid ready you have jewel crafting big part of keeping things like raid ready right but like i don't i i feel as though engineering is specifically designed to eschew that design right where you know you are you are not participating in the larger economy when you are an engineer you just want to do cool things on your character yeah i i think that's definitely fair it's also weird because like they they have occasionally given us things that are useful right like like auto hammers or whatever but yeah, they, yeah. Uh, I actually love auto hammers. By the way, I think that I think that that kind of utility is some of the best thing, uh, the best utility that engineering has ever offered. But the thing is, is we got auto hammers in in warlords, right? And like we don't, you don't need a new auto hammer in in Legion. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, unless unless I'm misremembering it, like we got Reeves, which does a bunch of different stuff, right? He can turn into a banquet table. He can turn into a blinktron. He can do a portal. Um. Maybe I'm wrong about the auto hammer thing, but like I think auto hammers are in Legion. Uh, I have a, I have an engineer. I I've gotten to the end of each of the quest lines on each of the like the real professions, and then my engineer I got far enough to get auto hammers. I'm pretty sure. Okay. And I haven't done anything more with him. Oh, but, so the, the the bigger part there being that like I made I at one point stopped and bothered to go and make myself a Chiefs, which is Wrath Lich King, and that obviates the need for like. 98% of auto hammers, right? Yeah, because, that's true. Um, and I think, like, maybe Jeeves was a misstep because, like, you they have never done anything that crazy moving forward, I don't think. Um, Plus, a lot of uh, a lot of raids have, like, outdoor zones. Like, yeah, Tomb of Sargeras is not this way, but Antorus is, where you can just get on a yak um, in a lot of places in order to do yeah, repairs. Yeah. So. I, I also think that, um, I think that, like, uh, like, the the weird thing that, that that they've done with engineering is engineering has these bombs, but like, the bombs are are, are just occupy this like really weird space where like, they maybe at some point could occupy a place in a rotation, but not really. I don't know. It's it's they're they're like a consumable, and I've definitely used them, especially at the beginning of an expansion where they're like decent damage, but like, it's not like a. a like a, I don't know. It, it feels like there's a natural fantasy to have, right? Like to have like like some explosive that you can craft and then throw, but like it rarely ever feels like it keeps its utility, especially especially towards the end of an expansion. Right, right now they do. Yeah, they're doing like 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 putts for damage, and I'm better off like shooting my jade lightning, I think, than, than throwing a bomb usually. Especially, right. um, I also find that like, I don't know. Um, this is again, it's a lot of engineering talk. I'll let you go talk about like real professions in a second. Um, but like, um, like the, the, I don't even think there were really any good recipes for like the end game stuff, right? Like there wasn't even an engineering trainer in, in the, uh, 
in the in the what's it called in the in the Exodus. Argus Argus was not super great for um, basically every profession except for jewel crafting. Okay. Where jewel crafting, if you jewel craft like Imperium, you get um, epic gems. Uh, so jewel crafting, lo- like it was really important to me to get to um, the end of that quest line on my jewel crafter so that I could do the the epic gems or whatever. Um, but for most of the other ones, it's just one piece of gear. Like it's not like they added like a whole new armor set, which I was hoping that they would do actually for like crafted gear. Uh, they just added one specific um, armor. Uh, item typically a chest piece and said yeah you can fucking get this oh wow okay so so that's actually exactly on par with engineering engineering all only always ever gets helmets right Right. yeah goggles and so they just kept that again like we got another set of goggles um but shinier ones but then they still they have the same mod too so uh, it's not even like i got to like get myself a new appearance or anything on my hat um uh, but my hat slot was taken up by uh, either a legendary or set piece anyway, so I didn't get to use my, my shooty goggles. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel overall... They, get like a, they, got like, they have like a shot on them, like an active use that is like useless. I don't I don't understand that design, but you know. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I, I, I actually much prefer the Warlords model um, from like a crafting items perspective. Um the Warlord's model had it so that, you know, if you were like an or sorry, like a blacksmith or something along those kinds of lines, and you did your like daily cooldown to get like the super rare metal, you could have then pool enough of that metal to make like a belt or a helm or something along those lines. And then you would power up that belt or that helm in a, in a little, in more dramatic ways than the Obliterum powers something up. Like Obliterum is more incremental. Um, but, uh,. Uh, I, I just overall felt as though Obliterum and, like, the crafted gear, even if, like, you spent all of this time and energy making the crafted gear its best, um, it was only ever really, like, I, I like I want to say it was just on par with, like, regular, um, like, normal raid gear, when I almost kind of feel like it should be on par with, like, heroic raid gear or something along those lines. That was one of the nice things about Warlord's crafted items is that you could only equip three, right? Like, you get, you had yeah. three items that were um, uh, that were um, Warlord's equipable, and then it was always about, like, re-rolling for the stats you wanted, right? Like, getting haste mastery or getting, like, crit mastery or kind of whatever. Like, that was a big... That was, like, a big part of things. Um, and then you upgrade it to full, but it's, like, also on par with, like, high-end rating, um, I think was kind of, like, the important the important bit of that sort of crafting. So it's not like, you know, you could get to level 100 at the time, go to the auction house and buy, you know, for a bunch of gold, right, some power, super powerful gear uh, that, that's craftable. Um, but you could not... Uh, like you couldn't fill yourself out on it, which is what I think that they want to avoid doing. Um, so I don't know. I, uh, uh, yeah, I don't feel... want people to be able to buy themselves into rate tier gear. Yeah. Which is something that you, you can buy yourself into very high level gear on, uh, like in Legion, but it's really prohibitive to do so because you also need a bunch of bloods of Sargeras with the, with the Obliterum. Like you need two blood of Sargeras when you use an Obliterum, which is a lot. Um, and, uh, you is, also... Is that really uh, a lot? Cause I have, uh, for I have a like new character, four, I mean. I was gonna say, I have, like, 400 Blood of Sargeras in my... Yeah, life. I have tons and tons on Baron, right? But Baron is, uh, like, 
you know, an active rating character that I do a whole bunch yeah. of stuff with. Essentially, what I mean to say is, like, if you're a fresh character, you cannot buy yourself to raid tier because you need to farm. Right. Um, right. I mean, you need to farm 20 Bloods of Sargeras for every single piece of crafted gear that you bought, right? So it's like 200 Bloods of Sargeras um, in order to in order to get all of that stuff up to raid ready level. Um, and that that's a lot. Um and then also I think uh, and then also I think because you have no limit on the number of crafted items you can have on your character at any individual time, it means you kind of have to like make things prohibitive because otherwise, you know what I mean? It was actually yeah. kind of relatively cheap to sell um, the upgrade items and uh, to sell like base level crafted items in warlords. Like it was, it was so lucrative and there was a market for it, but it was a much more affordable market because it had a lower cap. It had a lower ceiling. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so that makes, you know, like that makes something of a difference. Yeah. No, I, I, I just kind of like in general, I would like to see the crafting professions treated a little bit better in terms of like keeping them relevant. Um, right. Cause like, Alchemi alchemists are always relevant but like if your crafted gear can't get high enough to matter then then the you know your blacksmith falls off mid expansion when everybody's at high level yeah. gear anyway yeah I'm, I'm i'm excited for the return of raid buffs because it means that uh that specifically inscription is going to be pretty useful again because they typically get the scrolls to emulate those raid buffs, you know what I mean? Like, you get a scroll of Arcane Brilliance or something along those lines. So, if you're missing a mage, or if you're missing, um, you know, a priest or something along those lines, you can just have a, a scribe come in and just, like, boop, pop a, pop a buff. And I also think that scribes have been um, having a hard time. Uh, like, Vantis runes didn't feel like a very successful system for me, um, unfortunately. What are Vantis runes? Vantage Wounds give you a, a flat buff and um, a flat... They give you a ton of versatility, but only for a specific boss. Um, so, for instance, I have a Vantus Rune for Xavius or whatever. And so, like, if you're having a hard time on Xavius, you give the whole raid Vantus Runes for Xavius, right? And that pushes you across the... You know what I mean? Everybody gets 3% yeah. extra damage. Everybody takes 3% less damage. Hypothetically, the whole that gives the whole raid enough of a boost if you're on the line to down a boss or whatever. And I actually think that that interaction is pretty cool. Um, but it's just kind of... Um, it's... It is only applicable to uh, progression raiders, um, and it's a small enough boost that, like, it feels like you don't. Uh, it feels just like it gets forgotten. Maybe I'm too casual a raider to 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 really understand the interaction, but that's the that's how it, it interacted it, for me. It also I can see that because it's also like super specific, right? Like if. If, it, like, you know, like, an alchemist, you know, like, an alchemist flask is relevant for every boss always, you feel comfortable grabbing them at, at, at any point. Whereas if you're, uh, if, you know, with a Vantus rune, you have to know which boss you're going to be facing down, definitely. And then you know the one that you're going to have trouble with that you need to, like, spend that resource on. So it feels like, yeah. it feels like a thing that you want to spend... You want to, like, buy when you're having the problem, not before. It's also something that the typically, like, a raid leader takes control of. Um, but, like, when a raid leader tells you to flask, it's a lot easier to, to have you be... To have a raid leader be like, hey, listen, just keep a bunch of flasks in your inventory. You know what I mean? Um, versus, like, 
do you just keep a dozen bag slots for a multiple number of Vantus runes because your your raid leader says, okay, everyone pop a Vantus rune on this boss. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, so that feels weird. They alleviated this because in Antorus, there is just one Antorus Vantus rune and you click, uh, and like you click the boss that you're on. Um, in order to trigger it for that boss. So at least for with Antorus, you don't need to have, um, at least with, with Antorus, you don't need to have like a dozen different types like you would with some of the other raids, but you know, is what it is. Uh, over the course of the expansion, um, I have raided progression in all of the raids and I guess, and I have a hard time uh delineating my favorite of them i did like nighthold quite a bit and nighthold was when i was the most uh serious progression raider that 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 i like could be um or anything along those lines but i think antorus might be the better raid from kind of like a like a qualitative standpoint um but I don't know you. So you've seen. So you've seen everything, uh, at least in Raid Finder. Do you have a good read on what you know? What you thought the best rating was? Um. Not. I. 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 I, I have to say, I'm not really qualified because, like, um, like every like everything's so easy in in LF, especially the older raids, right? Like, I'm tempted to say Antorus is the best, but that's just because Antorus requires me to think a little bit, um, because people aren't so crazy that they can just like face roll over it. Like, like, um, playing LFR of the, uh, uh, or of, 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 of the Emerald Nightmare, which I do just to try and get the, the, the artifact appearance for, uh, for, uh, Mr. Beaver. Um, literally just like it's, it's like you, you, you bash your fingers on the buttons and it's dead within 15 seconds. Same thing with, uh, with, uh, trial, uh, uh Valor, um uh tomb is tomb still has that problem as well yeah um like it's like the the biggest problem i've had in any of the raids that aren't the last that, that aren't in taurus has been um getting people to pull the the, the freaking bosses in trial of valor apart in the first stage um and then it even like caused a wipe right <laughs> it was just like three minutes wasted of people yeah. being like you you have to pull them apart so that we can damage them and I was like, oh, okay. And then, like, you know, like I think I, th I think it was longer that they were together than they were like apart before they died. Right. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't like a particularly long. It was just like one of those things, right? Like, um, and Taurus is still still enough of a challenge for LFR. Um, and it's not like not, again, not that it's like a, a huge thing, but uh, um, it's also one of those things where like I'm coming in so late that like, like I could see some of the things that might be cool, but like. I don't have to really think about any of the mechanics except for maybe on Argus, um, which is a fun fight. But like at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I, I still don't understand like how many times I can die before I stop resing in Argus. In in LFR, I think it's infinite. I don't think oh. that. Uh, oh, is that in, it? Like, but you in, can't lose the fight. <laughs> I kind of think it is in normal. Well, actually, I think you can lose the fight because eventually, because he's like building up these stacks or whatever, okay. and eventually those stacks will just one shot everyone. Okay. You know what I mean? And yeah. once everybody is dead, he'll he'll that's a wipe kind of thing. But in normal, there is only a certain number of reses that you can take, so it's okay. much more um, it's much more demanding. Okay, so. 
I mean, and the, the mechanics seem neat, but I, I I can't get a good read on on what's well designed and what's what's not. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, are there any specific fights that stand out to you as fights that are like this is one of the better fights in the expansion? I can I I I don't think I'm qualified to to say on that. You you should really be talking about this more, right? I think Gul'dan was a, probably the best fight of the expansion, um, because from a mechanics side, and a flavor side, um, like it it was one of the first kind of times I felt like I was fighting a caster. Almost as much as I was fighting like a you know like a like a big big guy that runs around and smacks you. I mean, Gul'dan does run around and smack you. Don't get me wrong. Um, but like he, uh, but like he was casting all of these spells and all all of the all of the the things that he did in his fight were particularly like warlocky for me. I guess you know like putting like big goops of fell fire on the ground or whatever, like summoning a dread lord. Uh, that you know that that you need to that you need to burst down these eyes of Gul'dan, right? Like I, all of that stuff, I thought was just super great. It was super fun um, compared to uh, some of the other bosses. For instance, Kill Jaden's fight, I was a little let down by. I don't quite. I didn't like the dark phase or whatever, and I don't quite see how that like makes Kill Jaden interesting or compelling. Um, there was some stuff in there that was neat, like Armageddon or whatever, and everything. Uh, but like, you know, when I was fighting Gul'dan, it really felt like I was fighting a warlock. When it was when I was fighting Kill Jaden, I just kind of felt like any other boss. I, I suppose would be the way that I would phrase that. Um, similarly, similarly, Helio is also a very good fight from that kind of like perspective. You know what I mean? Like, it felt like you were fighting like this, you know see which she's throwing boats at you and shit <laughs> like yeah, i don't know that was cool tentacles popping up and you have to kill all these tentacles and everything like that oh excuse me and then i think Entorus was also pretty good at at doing that specifically with a lot of the low level fights um for instance like garothi world breaker is like a it's like a a pretty stock fight for the first you know like the first boss in most of these uh raids is like a loot pinata, you know, like Nithendra, um, uh, uh, Goroth, and uh, Garothi Worldbreaker are all kind of just like super easy mechanics, pretty straightforward. Just you know, kill them essentially. Um, but uh, but even Garothi Worldbreaker, just like there's something about it that just like felt uh like i was fighting the this big ass fell reaver. You know what i mean? Um, or like another good example of this is um. Uh, is the Antorus High Command where you're fighting the three different dudes and you have to go up in these in the, like these pods or whatever and they and like like that was a real kind of like council fight I guess um, uh, and maybe I, I almost... liked I liked the gatekeeper fight a lot um, the, the one where you go fight? the one where you go into the portals and you fight like the three different mini bosses up oh top. yeah portal yeah portal keeper right portal like, keeper, I thought portal keeper one. is a great fight um, I also really liked Imanar uh, and Kingaroth like Imanar is a really fun fight because like you know he lays down these traps right um, and you need to be careful about the traps and everything like that uh, Kingaroth really felt like you know this is the guy that is designing and building fell reavers and he's designing and building fell reavers in the middle of the fight. Um, some of this stuff might sound kind of, like, simple, but it was just, like, I don't know, it was just, like, really gratifying, I guess. Um, 
And then even going up into Argus, like, Argus, I think, is a pretty good fight, uh, but I don't, you know... And he's just he's just a good fight. Uh, I, I don't really have any kind of benchmark for what, like, fighting a Titan would be like or something along those lines. Uh, but I really enjoy uh, Agrimar. I think is a really fun fight. Um, you know, with the, the flame wrens and, and stuff like that. You gotta kill these, like, little dudes before they before they go there. I don't know. I think all that stuff was, I think all that stuff was, uh, was pretty interesting. Even like Xavius to a certain extent, like with the dream, dreamer mechanics, those mechanics were a little bit hard to parse, but they were still pretty fun, you know? Yeah, no, ab ab absolutely. Um, I think, because I think it'll take a part to this, but before we, we get out of this section, we should, uh, ask about what, what you thought of the, the story arc of, of this expansion um including everyone's favorite demon hunter uh illidan the guy who got the redemption arc because loves redemption arcs um i'm not a fan of illidan if people at home didn't know but uh are you are you a fan of illidan buddy uh i think illidan uh i am yeah uh, uh, so I don't think that Illidan was insanely well executed in this expansion, just from like, um, just because once you brought him back, even though he is like the central character in a lot of ways, um, once you bring him back to life and it was very cool to do so, right? Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to like undersell that at all. Um, he just kind of becomes another quest giver. You know what I mean? So I didn't really feel like I was, like, interacting with him or doing anything. Like, I felt as though this was an expansion. Like, I got a much better feel for Teralion, right? Illyria. Yeah. Velen, right? Velen got so much in this expansion. But I didn't actually get as quite as much from, from Illidan uh, as I might otherwise have wanted. Uh, and I think that that's kind of okay, right? Like, I don't think it was bad. Um, but, uh, but he was, I, I think that the story of this expansion was much more of an ensemble piece, um, uh, between Khadgar, Maiev, Illidan, Velen, Teralyon, Illyria, you know what I mean? Then it is anything, um, then it is like a specific, like character driven story for him specifically. Right. Right. Um, but I will say that, you know, I, I also don't think that that, that's a, that he's bad or that that was bad. Like, um, I think it was just kind of like fine, really. I, I, um, I see that. Um, I don't, I, I, I also, by the way, I also love Illidan because he specifically rejects the typical redemption arc redemption. You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah, yeah. That, that scene was really the one where he blows up the, uh, the, 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 the where he kills the prime Naru. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. holy shit. Because like, when that happened, it had just come out, you know what I mean? And I was just, like, doing, like, the, the the next set of whatever, you know what I mean? Like, the next set of, like, the Suramar campaign, the next set of the Argus campaign, or whatever. And then this cutscene plays, and he just, you know, like, holy shit! That's, like, this is a classic Blizzard plot twist, by the way. This is something that happens in almost every single Blizzard game, narratively, that I can think of, right? Arthas falls to the dark side. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like you never expect like like it, people didn't expect that in Warcraft three. Um, another great example of this is Kerrigan dies in the Terran campaign in Starcraft two, and then comes back as the Queen of Blades. Or I'm sorry, in Starcraft one, and then comes back as the Queen of Blades. Right? Like 
Almost every, you know, in the in the opening, uh, in the opening of, uh, um, I almost don't. Want, even though this game is four years old, I almost don't even want to spoil it. In the opening of Legacy of the Void, Zeratul, who we all think the Protoss campaign is going to center around, gets mind controlled and is killed by Artanis. Right, like these these kinds of plot twists are something that Blizzard has always been best at. They execute it extremely well. I'm always very happy to see them do this kind of uh, to do this kind of thing. And this is the first one that's happened in wow in a long time um i felt like um so i loved that and i think that that specific moment is the moment that brought illidan from kind of like nothing to at least good you know what i mean like he's fine right uh he doesn't quite you know he's not amazing and he doesn't blow through the roof you're not taking quests from him um on argus in fact i actually think to be honest with you, this is a little bit of a tinfoil hat, but I actually think that there was intention for Illidan to do this and to be this on Argus, but they just ran out of time. Um, because you can definitely tell how on Argus there are three different zones, right? You have Crocoon, you yeah. have... Um, Macari. Uh, you have M Macari, um, and then you have um, Antorus itself, Antoran Wastes. Um, it felt to me like Crocoon was, you know... Uh, Turalyon's story, right? Where you're doing a whole bunch of stuff with Turalyon. Then you go to Makari, and that was like Velen slash Illyria. You know, you're doing all this stuff with Illyria and the Void and everything like that. And then I all, and then I felt like you were there was a missing piece on Antorin Wastes, and that's where Illidan is, right? That's where he is fighting. Um, so I kind of feel like that there was more planned that like really the lead up to opening the gates to, uh, Antorus were, was cut, you know, was cut content that we didn't quite get in the game. And I think that with that, Illidan would kind of fulfilled the promise of being on the box art, you know, was or whatever. Um, but tinfoil hat put aside. Um, yeah, no, my my point when I say I don't like Illidan, it's not that I don't think that the story was particular. The story wasn't well done. I mean, I, I think I agree with you that like it's it's all right. Like I like the scene where he blows up the Naru, but there's also kind of like after that, it's like like there's like a moment of like what have you done? But that's like literally all that happens there. It's like it's like you blow up the Naru, and everybody's like huh, and that's never mentioned again. Um, uh, and I also did like that like when you when you defeat Argus and he's like he sends up this message where he gets to like monologue at Tyrande and uh, Malfurion. Um yeah. And like I like that they push back a little they're like, you know, like mm, I don't know about all that. Right? Like <laughs> and that that like that made it so much better for me because it's like I feel like I felt for a long time like I was thinking it was like, am I the only one that thinks that Ilden is a shithead? Um, and it's like, no, Malfurion and Tyrande have, have that unlocked for me. I mean, it's um, even, to be honest with you, it's even in the Demon Hunter, uh, campaign, um, uh, which I've played all the way through and we'll talk about class halls in a second. Um, but like in the Demon Hunter campaign, you talk to Illidan and you make these choices when you like make a Demon Hunter and you go through all of the thing about like how much you are willing to kind of embrace Illidan and his methods. And that actually changes like the direction of that story. Um, where, you know, like, on one hand, you kind of have, like, um, I guess the Blood Elf, I can't remember what his name is, like, Cain or something like that, where he's like, Illidan was right the whole time, adventurers are super dumb, or whatever, or you could go with Altruist, who was like, you know what, I understand that Illidan was trying to get across this finish line of, 
you know, defeat the Legion, but he was cheating in the race to do so, and that's bad. Wait, um, is and his depend- name Altruist? I'm pretty sure his name is Altruist. Oh, Jesus Christ. I want to I want to at least say Altruist the Sufferer, which I think is his name, oh, Jesus uh, is a relic kidding? of Burning Crusade and is not uh and is not something that they wrote for Legion. He is a character, he's original he's the, character do not steal. He's a he's a demon hunter in Negrand if you remember ever doing okay, like demon yeah, hunter yeah, quests yeah. in in Negrand um that that got like later, later like absorbed back into like the order or whatever. But he's at least like, but he is also like explicitly skeptical right. um, of Illidan's outlook, and and so I think that I think that the game does quite a bit to kind of like acknowledge that, which I think is pretty good. Yeah, no, um, I, I think it needs to be there. So, um, so I, so I'm, I'm very middle of the line. I'm like five out of ten. You know what I mean? Like it is, it is pass, it is a passing, but it is not, you know, it is not anything special. What, I, where I will say that I wait, wait, think before we move on, I just want to get out my my one gripe. That I always have about Blizzard because we we, we we passed over it a little bit, and that's that they don't name their stuff. They don't use the right accent marks in anything. Like for years, I thought that Tyrande was Tyrand, and like <laughs> like for like hours, yeah. I'm reading I'm reading like Macari as Macari because that's where they put the fucking like apostrophe is like after the Mac. I'm like, are these like Irish space goats now? And then he says it. I'm like, oh, of course that makes sense. But like I can't get Macquarie out of my head because that's that, that's the way I read it in my head for like three hours. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just I just needed to Fair point enough. that out because because it bothered me so much and, and you corrected me when as you should have. But I just can't not say it Macquarie. No, I, like, I definitely I definitely understand that. I super am on board with you. I honestly feel like they must be like running out of names <laughs> to a certain extent. Like with Antorus, it's like. What does that even mean? You know what I mean? We've never heard or referenced Antorus before, uh, at least with, like, the Tomb of Sargeras, right? Like, that's, like, pulling, you know, like, pulling from kind of, like, old lore and everything. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the Class Hall quests uh, and the Class Hall Order campaigns because um, this is my this is my ultimate devil's advocate position. Um, most people, it seems, hate these. Uh, it was a big deal with the launch of 7.2. Um, 7.2 was widely touted as like the biggest content patch that Blizzard has ever released. Um, and then it, it got released and people were like, where's all this content that I was kind of promised. And there was a continuation of the class hall quest lines, right? Um, where, you know, you pick up a new follower and everything like that. And like, you know, then you do, everybody comes to broken shore and does some stuff or whatever. And in one of the QAs, um, uh, Ian Hazakastas basically said the content is, you know, uh, in in these class halls, right? Like there are 12 classes. We did 12 class hall campaign continuations. And people kind of resoundingly said, that's dumb. That's bullshit. Why are you locking content away from me behind classes? And it seems as though uh, they have kind of taken that under their under under consideration to be like, you know what? Class halls were dumb. I hate that! Class halls were the best! Class halls were, like, probably the most successful, um, version, I guess, of this kind of, like, parallel storytelling that they've put in the game, and I think that it is a travesty, uh, that they have taken away this idea that it is, it, it is a mistake, right? Um... What, I think, what was the warrior quest hall, buddy? What was the warrior uh, class quest, rather? See, the, que- the warrior quest hall was... 
not great. Like, it was one of the worst ones. I've played through 10 of the 12 at this point uh, with the Rogue Class Hall outstanding um, and with the Hunter Class Hall outstanding. Uh, the Warrior one, you know, you get... So, the Warrior one, you die. You get valhalla to Odin. Odin names you Battlelord of the Valor Yar. Um, and, then, uh, and then you run around and you round up all the different Titan Keepers. Um, so, you get Thorim. You get uh, Hodir... Um, uh, you get, uh, uh, Heimdall, right? Um, and then you also bring back some, like, King Yimuron, who's the guy, who's the, the, um, the Vrykul king that allied with the Lich King and you killed him, uh, in Utgard Pinnacle. You, you find him in, he's the first boss, obviously, um, in, uh, in Maw of Souls, and then when you kill him in Maw of Souls, you're like, hey, man, maybe you should come fight for fucking Odin, and then Odin, like, cleanses him of, like, Helius Taint, and he becomes, like, a champion and shit like that. But the problem with the Warrior Hall campaign is that it is, like, you're the Chosen of the Valyar, and then in Stormheim, it's like, you're the Chosen of the Valyar, and nobody else had that same kind of experience. Um, it's not even, like, in the, in the Dreamweaver stuff in Valshara, you were, like, the Chosen One of uh of like the dream weavers or something along those kinds of lines or whatever like it really undermined the warrior class hall campaign to have the storm the stormheim story be you know somebody somebody else completely different whatever class they want also becomes odin's chosen for a whole fucking zone i was really mad about that um yeah i, I mean but it sounds like you at least like did some cool stuff the monks made beer I actually, okay, everybody who complains about the fucking monk one, I, I, I get it. And I think that there were better options. I specifically think that them doing a kind of shonen tournament arc would have been the best way to do it. But I actually really liked the monk one, okay? I thought that the, the Wandering Isle stuff was great. I thought that the intro stuff with the Peak of Serenity getting attacked was great. Going back to, like, the Tian Monastery and doing all this, Pan I like Pandaria lore a lot and everything like that, um... But I don't know, man. It, the, the the beer only comes up at the very end, and I think that that's kind. And but it, that's the then, climax of, of the class fine. hall story, right? I don't like know. Uh, it's supposed to be this big, big, big crowning moment, and you make some beer, right? Like it's it's like yeah, you make you make super cool beer that like powers up all your dudes, and you kill a bunch of guys. What you what do you want? You like, beer, right? Like I, I want I want like a cool moment, right? Like if that was like a stepping stone along the way, sure, I wouldn't have been. Like, like the, the it was just so like nothing. If it, I don't know. I I didn't. I didn't feel super satisfied. But I I wasn't. It wasn't so much a problem for me. But like, like it's not like I was like you know like I feel like betrayed by this. But it didn't feel like a, an epic moment, especially when like, you know, like the paladins and the priests. I hear like all these cool things they get about these ep these epic like story defining moments like in the death knights it's like oh this is all so cool and what the monks the monks made severe right like i like yeah i know I, I i get it i get that not you know and i i think maybe this is the, the the ultimate problem which is why maybe they're stepping away from it it's like if you've got 12 12 different pieces of content you got to do some of them aren't gonna be winners um at least not like super super big winners and if that's the case, I, I think you want to step away from that a little bit. You don't want people to, to who like super identify with their classes to feel like they've been cheated out, especially because like, like I don't think you get like the same types of arcs over the years that you get with say like the the factions, right? Like, you know, people talk about how like, um, the horde 
basically the plot line for 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 a lot of expansions is the the horde war chief is secretly evil and then it's the horde that's not the horde and the alliance fighting against the evil horde um uh and but like over the course of years you get the chance to balance that out um um not to say that that complaint's completely justified or whatever but like you get you at least get the opportunity to be like well maybe in this expansion you can have like a war chief who isn't a shit bag um Whereas with the class halls, you've got this expansion to do it. And if on the other end of that expansion, people feel like they're cheating, it's, there's no guarantee in BFA that like the monks are going to get their, their due this time around. No, like, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I definitely, I definitely understand that. I also think that this has made alting incredibly friendly. Um, one of the big problems I felt like alting and warlords of Draenor is that because everything was on the same pathway of the garrison campaign, like. To do something else on an alt is to follow that same path, which is super boring. But, like, when I'm going through the class hall campaign on any of my different... On my 12 different, you know, class characters or whatever, right? Like, I am going through a, a fundamentally different campaign. And that's pretty neat and pretty interesting. Um, which is what, which I, I is what I like about... Uh, which is what I like about, like, the class order halls and, like, alts and stuff like that. Uh, this expansion... Uh, people have been really tough on alts this expansion, and I get that from a content perspective because, you know, legendaries are its own thing, uh, which we didn't even really talk about all that much. Um, you know, artifact power, right? Like, if you invest all of your time into Frost and then next expansion, Fire is the best one. Oh, well, now you feel like a shithead for going Frost. Though I would contend that's a balance problem and not like a, you know, like that's not a problem with like... Um, the the artifact power right, and right, also right. earning artifact power is pretty quick and easy um through like this research stuff that it was pretty easy to respec if you wanted to uh and people are like just like whiny babies about that but but yeah i think that having these different class halls or whatever and the different champions and stuff like that um and even the order hall quest i mean i love order halls i think order halls are kind of one of the most interesting systems in in the game like it's something that always keeps me coming back every day i log in and i do order halls on 10 different characters um but yeah i don't know maybe that's just me or whatever it's just i i i it, it bugs me so much that people like look at this and are like this was bad um when in the expansion i think it's one of the most successful things they've done uh, i don't know I don't know, maybe, like, I, I just didn't feel like my class hall was a particularly compelling storyline. Um, and then th at that point, it's just like, well, I don't know. I, I was more excited by, like, the stuff that was happening in each zone than I was by whatever I had to do for my my, my class that 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 play session. Did uh, you like the Did you like the zone zone wide stories? Like, what was yeah, your What was I, the favorite I, zone from a story perspective? Um, I think I liked. I. I think I definitely I think I liked Valshara the best. I definitely liked Stormheim the least, um, and that's because I felt like it was too split between like the Alliance Horde conflict and and the Odin stuff. Um, especially because again I I I would have totally sided with if if Gen was like, well, what do you think, troll? I was like, yeah, go fuck up Sylvanas, right? Like, um, uh, but I, I definitely think that that's that's almost just too split to because like like it was just like. You didn't really check back in on either story. It just felt weird. Yeah, I, I think... Um, I, I definitely agree with that criticism. Uh, I actually wish that it was more... This is partially because I hate the like the Valoryar stuff. Uh, I wish that it was more specifically 
Alliance Horde than it was anything about Odin and the Valyar um, at all. Like, I think the yeah. way that you tilt things is to go Stormheim is faction war. It has nothing to do with with Odin, but, you know, like, that's just a tough thing to get across because at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Like, it means you need to make twice as many, um, it needs to be, you need to make twice as many quests. You need to divvy up the, the zone areas in a different way. Um, yeah. I don't know. I like, High Mountain is probably my favorite of them. Um, even though I always, I felt extremely gypped, um, by High Mountain compared to the other zones. Um, Valshara gets the Emerald Nightmare, um, uh, and Stormheim got Trial of Valor, but I kind of didn't like that, like, all of the stuff with High Mountain was solved in Neltharion's Lair. Um, hypothetically, we could say that the same thing was true in Eye of Ashara, which it was. Um, but I also thought Azuna was the weakest of the four leveling zones. And so, I didn't really mind all that much that, like, that concluded in Eye of, Eye of Ashara, but, like, obviously as a Tauren player, and I love Tauren, and I think Tauren lore is super fun and interesting, uh, I really wish that there was, um, more, I don't know, there was more content, uh, than just ending everything on Neltharion's lair. Yeah, I, 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 I just to echo your thoughts about Ashara, I, I, like, I liked Ashara, like, conceptually, but it also felt like it was, like, the lesser of the two elf zones, um, just because yeah, like, the I way it played Yeah, I super agree out. with that. Holy shit. Actually, I have to say, my favorite part of um, Azuna was the um, the part where, like, you get, like, like the ship wrecked and then you get taken over by, like, sea giants or whatever. And then you lead this, like, sea giant revolt. Yeah, uh, yeah. And there are, like, pirates and shit like that. And, like, those two parts of the, of the storyline were a lot of fun. Also, the blue dragons were pretty great. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, maybe um, maybe this is another case where, like, it felt, like, super split, right? Because, like, when I think of Shara, I think the Court of Ferrandas, but you're right. There was all that other stuff in there, too, yeah. but, like... And, yeah, I think at the end of the day, the Court of Ferrandas stuff was the weakest stuff, and it was kind of supposed to be the glue that held everything else together, you know yeah. what I mean? And so when it failed, it kind of felt like the whole zone fell apart, even though the whole zone had had some cool stuff going on in there, right? Like, like I actually really also like the Illidari stuff, where, I, like, right at the start of the zone, you go and you go and fight in... Um, you know what I mean? You go, you go and fight in like yeah. Farinar or whatever that one island is that's like all demony and everything. Like before we got to the Broken Shore, um, and before you got to Suramar, this was actually like the most direct contact you had with the Legion, right? Because this was a zone of the Isles that they had taken over, right? Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I wonder how much our memory of it would have been changed if the faction that you did the quest for was like the Blue Dragon Flight instead of. The Court of Ferrandis. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely wonder. Um, uh, I definitely wonder about that. Um, I also like Valshara. Uh, Valshara is the most like story relevant of them because, yeah, uh, like it had all these cutscenes and everything, and like obviously Ysera dies, and that was also a pretty big. That was also like a pretty big like Blizzard plot twist. I didn't really think that they were going to go down that route, and I was just like, holy shit, Blizzard! Um, now we only have one aspect kind of left oh no two aspects because uh alex Raz is still alive uh but like nose dormu obviously like at some point nose dormu becomes um like whatever the whatever that evil version of him is called yeah. um that leads the infinite dragon flight um and then obviously we had suramar uh suramar is most people i think it's like every most people's favorite 
uh, when it comes to uh, the lore of the game and in the zones and everything like that. How 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 in agreement would you say you are with that idea? Um, I, I so I, I think this might be a thing where like I don't want to speak too hard because like that was like the the end like. When I quit, that was the zone I had been banging on for a lot, so I kind of got tired of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't really been banging on Argus or the Broken Shore at all. So Did you get all the way to the end of the Argus stuff? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think so. Um, like, there's, I've got no more quests left. Uh, I did, like, the... I did, like, I got the, the scene where... You know, I, I did the part where I went and talked to Tyrande and, and Malfurion. Um, uh, but, um... But, like, I feel like if I had been banging on it for a while, I would have had similarly similar problems with it. Also, like, just kind of, like, the personal pain point for me of, like, really wanting the Hulk fists and having to do, like, that, like... Withered Army training was fun, like, four or five times. It was not fun 20 or 30 times. Um, and that, that's just, like, a lot... There's a lot of pain there. Um, especially, right, right, Especially right. having to, like, gathering ancient mana and whatnot. Uh, but if I didn't care about that as much... Then I don't think I would have I would have as much of a problem. Yeah. Um. Uh, like I I thought Suramar itself as a zone was really well done. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I kind of wonder whether or not I think the Argus stuff, which does feel incomplete to me, which is part of why I feel like you know what I mean. Like like I remember finishing like Makari and being like, okay, great. Now I'm gonna go to Antorin Wastes or whatever because I did all these quests on Krokoon and then I did all these quests on Makari or whatever. Um. But then I never that. That yeah, there was not never that, like that never happened, so it kind of like ended prematurely. It felt like, um, but I thought everything up to there was really fun and interesting. Um, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, th- like finding out about like the army of the light and stuff like that. Like this has been like this tease plot point thing to rally on in Illyria and everything. Uh, the void stuff I thought was just super interesting. Um, and, uh, and obviously, like, Velen, like, if anybody has really carried the expansion from, like, a narrative perspective, I think it's definitely Velen, um, so. Yeah, no, I really liked Velen a lot, um, a lot, a lot, uh, with, like, uh, especially the stuff with his kid, the stuff with, uh, uh, with, with, like, the three, the three Zoobity Zoops, um. Yeah, with, like, Kill Jaden and Arkland. Yeah, yeah, oh, I, I meant the, um. Yeah, the, the yes, yes, indirectly the the pieces of the crown. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The crown yeah. of the triumvirate—that's what it's called. Um, I thought that was all really cool. Um, I'm kind of sad there wasn't really a horde leader in any of the Argus stuff. Uh, just because like it, it like it's fine for it to be that way, but it, I I think that there there tends to be this this impression that like you know the horde and the alliance are kind of neutral. Or like, or like, neither one's good or evil, but mm-hmm. like, it feels a lot of the time like the alliance are good and the hordes evil. Um, yeah, yeah, and you'd also think that like, th- there's so much subtext, I guess, when it comes to some of these characters. Like, like Gul'dan is much more of like a horde villain than yeah. he is an alliance villain, if you think about it. Because like, but like, also it's alternate Gul'dan. It's not the real Gul'dan, obviously. You know what I mean? Um, so, I don't yeah. know. I don't know how I feel about that. I guess I kind of agree with you, especially because we also had this expansion where you're dealing with Malfurion and Turande, who are both like, like, I think I would have preferred it, especially like 
if the high mountain stuff had been more explicitly Torin, like if you if part of it has Bane Bloodhoof and Bloodhoof Braves coming to fight the Fell Totem with you or something yeah. in that like final battle, like maybe that would have like equalized it a little bit. Um, but when you go from you know. I don't know. Everything also had this, like, incredible elf focus that really got on my nerves, I have to say. Uh, because Azuna is all about elves and Ashara and shit like that. And then you go to Valshara, which is all about Malfurion and Tyrande and elves and elf lore or whatever. And then you go to Suramar, and it's even more, you know, elf stuff. And even though I thought Sur Suramar was really well done, like, at a certain point, I'm just like, man, fucking elves right you guys yeah and you know th this is going to go directly counter to 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 this point because i i feel like you could have also balanced it with like more elves like i feel like like we don't have good champions of the light on the horde side except for like the what the, the sun reavers is the name of them and like if maybe if they had played a more prominent role in in retaking argus it would have felt a little better yeah um, but yeah, I also think that it would have been really easy to put, I see, I think that they wanted to go easy on somebody like Thrall, uh, which would kind of be like the yeah. easy person to put in there. But he's, um, he's also not a champion of the light, right? Like, I, I think maybe like if you wanted to, you could, you could have made like a person more of a champion of the light, right? Like, like pulled out somebody and been like, this, this is the, the lighty guy for the horde. Sure. Sure. But I mean like, you know, like the orcs obviously like have a, have a big, big background, with these characters do you know right. what i mean like the the orcs oh, were yeah. taken were like enslaved by them and so it's a little bit weird that there was no like orc vengeance yeah um, you're to, right to be had you could have had my that. my gut says to me honestly that last expansion was so horde heavy right uh, basically all of this stuff that was going i mean yeah, there's like obviously fair. marad and shit like that but like um, it was, everything was so horde heavy that like, they wanted to go a little bit easy on it. And it's like, okay, well we're going to do Alliance stuff. And like, yeah, there's, you know, there's subtext between the blood elves and kill Jaden because of what happened in burning crusade, or there's subtext between like the orcs and, you know, Gul'dan. Right. And it probably would have been more satisfying. Like, even though it was very satisfying to have Illidan kill Gul'dan or whatever because of the events of Legion I think it would have been more satisfying to have Thrall you know what I mean wielding the doom hammer right be the guy to like kill him but you obviously you know like you can't do that and like so you know yeah really really what I'm saying is yeah it could have taken a different trajectory to be a little bit horde focused but I think at the end of the day they kind of uh they kind of did the right sort of thing and now like I could <laughs> I feel like the Horde get to better factions for allied races. P Alliance people are very salty about this because, like, you spend a lot more time with High Mountain and, like, the, the Suramar stuff was the endgame content of both kind of 7.0 the patch and 7.1 the patch. You know what I mean? Um, so, uh, compared to uh, the Army of the Light, which just showed up in 7.3. Um, so, I feel as though Horde kind of won out when it came to the allied races coming out of Legion. Yeah, especially because, like, I don't know, like, the, the, the there's so many elves. Like, the, the Void the, the void Elves, I was surprised by how much, like, there was, like, not anything. It was, like, Illyria got Shadow, and that's, like, it. Like, I thought they were going to have a bigger role when I saw that they were going to be allied. Because I knew they were going to be allied before I played through it, obviously. Um. Yeah, I don't know. And, and and light the light forge, I feel like of all like the the light forge Dren I don't feel 
they don't like life for Jedi don't feel different than regular Jedi, right? Like I, if you know, playing through it the way I did, if you like, you and you told me, oh, like those Jedi you were you were fighting with, they're actually different than the regular Jedi. I was to be like, what? Right, like they, yeah. they they didn't feel like like different like the High Mountain Torrent did. Right, like, they felt like they were isolated. They felt they felt like that they were, you know, like a a truly a different force than the Torrent that you were used to. Whereas Light for yeah. Jedi, like you could have fooled me. They could have just been other Jedi. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I also felt like the High Mountain Torrent had the best of the four. I played through all four of the Allied race kind of like introductory quests, and the High Mountain Torrent by far and away have the best one. Um, mostly because like it it is comprehensive in a way that um, uh, that the other ones kind of like aren't and it feels I don't know there's just like more going on there than it felt like there was going on in the other ones. The Suramar one's also like 15 seconds long. It felt like is by yeah. in comparison. Um, for uh for the um the 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 Void Elves, what what is that quest line? Uh, you go to so the first thing is you you're hanging out with Illyria and you you sneak into um, Quelthalas to uh, try and find um, I think his name was like Umbric or something the you know you you you're, you you go out and you try and find the this uh, blood elf who is working to try and figure out the void or whatever right. Um, and then you find out that all of these elves got, like, sucked into, like, a dead planet. Like, the Void had destroyed, like, a Titan. Um, and they're trying to, like, harness its power or something like that. But then they get sucked there and, like, these bad Void guys are there. <clears throat> and, uh, and so you work and you free all these different Void elves. Um, and, uh, and then you, um, uh, and then you recruit them into the Alliance at the end of it after you kill, like, a bad guy. Um... I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you. That's basically what no, the are. I, I was really hoping it would just be, like, the same scenario as the Suramar ones, just from, like, the other perspective. No, it's so, not. I actually was kind of hoping that it would be something along those lines as well, but uh, you don't even find... I think his name is, like, Umbrick or whatever, like, the Blood Elf who's doing the Void stuff. You don't even find him uh, until the second part, like, until you, you go to the Void planet. Um but Illyria's, like, void form is very cool, and doing shit with, with Illyria's is, is fine. I don't know. I liked Tepartos. Do you know, uh, did you do the Lightforged? Uh, no, I, I haven't done, I, I don't have a I won't spoil that one. That one is actually, that one is actually a lot of fun and pretty cool. It's probably the second best one. But, uh, but the High Mountain Torn one, I think, is, is, is kind of number one. I, I did really enjoy, though, like, uh, like, 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 is the, 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 Suramar thing is like the elfiest thing that I have ever seen. It's like, yeah. Oh, hello, Illyria. We've brought our other friends here. Would you like to meet the Suramarian elves? Oh, we heard you had the void, and you're with the Alliance. We don't like the Alliance. Yeah. Why are you here? <laughs> yeah. We've got our better friends here. Um, and then and, it's, and then it's like, can I see the sun? Well, it's like, sure, we'll let you see the sun. Well, and then it's like, you fucked up the sun. Well, get the fuck out of here, Illyria. Like, yeah, it just. Yeah. It just Felt so elfy and so passive. I what I like it. about I what I liked about the Suramar one also is that it was so um, it was like really ingrained with like faction lore in a way. Like Bane and and Mela are also ingrained in faction lore, and I think that's present in like the High Mountain one. Um, but like you feel as though it's like it's much more political, you know, yeah. which is part of what I want the Allied races stuff to be like. I want them to be like politics, right? And so. Um, 
so yeah, so that's 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 what I that's what I like about Allied Races. I'm really interested to see them like go forward with the system. I'm actually kind of more interested to see them go forward with the system to go back and like re-recruit shit. Um, obviously, there's a lot of talk about Magar orcs um, and uh, other humans. <clears throat> yeah, well, like what, the what others. Are they, how like, are they going to be different? Like, I get that the Magar orcs are upright. Um, the like the Magar orcs are not upright. They can be upright. But same thing with green orcs. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Oh, that's what the the fucking Ogremar chiropractor joke was about. Yeah. Uh, you go to you go to the barber shop and there's a thing that says posture and you choose one of the two different postures. Oh, that's interesting. Isn't it just though? Um can you make can you make dark spirit trolls upright? Uh no. They basically said that dark spirit trolls weren't going to get it um because I I have a feeling they they said they said it was like they said like oh it's too you know the dark spear identity is the dark spear identity but really what I think that they are actually saying is that skeleton is way too complicated um to like re rig all of these kinds yeah, of animations yeah, sure. but because they have the thrall sourfang skeleton right um for for like upright orcs or whatever all they really had to do was like was build a transition between those two different rigs uh for orcs in order to in order to, like make that work oh, um, also, i don't know the, like, the orcs don't have like this like like the the dark like the the the, the hunched orcs are like they are hunched the dark spears are like bending over right and like yeah i have to imagine that like somebody was like oh let's just give this a try and then like a zandalo like a straight back troll tries to do like that stretching animation and it's just like bugs the fuck out and looks like horrific they're like oh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Some other time. plus dark spirit trolls are a lot more wiry so like yeah. you get weird clipping issues uh with like the textures and stuff like that um so i think i think it's like technically tough though apparently they're also thinking about doing upright forsaken which i think would be pretty cool um that would make a lot of sense to me just because forsaken have pretty straightforward uh like there's also the like the orc hunch is also pretty straightforward um, and it feels like it's not that hard to just stand him up straight. Um, and you can do the same thing, uh, with, with the Forsaken to a certain Yeah, extent. no, I, I would love it if they gave the Forsaken, like, just, like, different, like, base race models, right? Like, if you could be, like, if you could be, like, a Sylvanas. Yeah, I mean, the, people think that that's going to be one of the allied races, is that you're going to be able to play, um, like, the, you know, like, the Dark Ranger, um... Right, but you like know, Sylvanas version of them. In, in lore, the Forsaken aren't all humans, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And some of them are like more like d like rotted than others. You know, like obviously like Nathanos is ba is a human model, right? Right, right. So, um, I also like I was is is that the name of the um is Nathanos the name of the 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 second in command guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really that like guy. him. Like I, I think he'd be a cool cool like thing to play. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, like, I was I was wondering a little bit about that, like how how hard would it be to transition the um, uh, the uh, Forsaken rig to be a human rig? You know what I mean? Like, could you just put the like could you put the the human rig and just give them all all the human animations, but they can transition between the two of them depending? So I don't know. We'll see. I'm interested. What 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 is what is the difference supposed to be for the? For the 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 alt humans that people are talking about, like the Kieran humans, the Kieran Torch. Oh, the Kieran, the 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 cool Tyrion. Yeah, that ones. Uh, they're just fat, as far as I understand. I don't know what rig they're using. Um, maybe the upright orc one. It kind of seems because it's kind of like the postures that they have, 
But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely like it, um, and I like seeing kind of uh, the, um, like, the different, uh, like, uh, uh, the fucking Zandalari have them. Jesus Christ, I'm super blanking. The f druid forms. Did you see oh, the wicker yeah, yeah, form yeah, yeah, yeah. for the, for the uh, I think that's very cool. Um, it's nice because, like, so Gildnaeans have this concept of harvest witches, um, and Torin also have this as, like, naturalists, which are, like, essentially people who are using druidic magic without, like, explicitly druidic training, like, scenarius right. and shit like that. And so um, I, I like that lore. I think that lore is very interesting and cool. Um, and I also kind of like pulling the, like, pulling druids away from um, elves so, so closely. Um I think that that's pretty cool. So I'm really excited to see what they have in store for, like, cool tier and humans. Because, like, even with Worgen, right, like, there is, like, the druid aspect of Worgen um, is, like, elf-related. Because yeah. of the, you know, like, because of, like, the pack and all this other it. shit. And then, like, these elves, you know, like, you find these elves and they teach you shit or whatever. So I, I, I'm really interested to kind of see, like, well, what does, like, a naturalist culture like look like without the like a druidic culture look like without the influence of any elves yep no that absolutely makes sense um in case those of you at home are wondering we're skipping over um our weeks basically because i'm sure like i don't know if you had anything you want to talk about but all i did this week was play wow wow so yeah i mean all i did really this week was play wow too so yeah, yeah. uh well um <laughs> uh, any final thoughts that you wanted to put out about any of this uh god do i have i probably have so many final thoughts uh I guess to lightning round really quickly, I think people complained much more about legendaries than they deserved to. Uh, legendaries were a pretty okay system. Uh, not great. Um, I, I, I think the problem with them came with kind of like the disparity you could get between like some of the, the better ones and the worst ones yeah. and that being completely RNG, especially early on. Like, Especially early on. Yeah, I think legendaries were a bad system early on. I mean, I complained so much about getting fucking Agrimar stride. Um, but uh, uh, my favorite but I was, think by the end of the expansion, we were pretty okay. I, my favorite was definitely when, like, um, people were like, I think people are getting, people who have one legendary have a bigger chance to get two. And we are like, no, you're just, like, seeing, you know, like, you, this is, like, all about how humans improperly, like, understand the way that chance works and whatever, and, like, you know, mm -hmm. like, reporting levels. It's like, and then, like, the next patch note was, like, fixed error where, like, person with one legendary, like, is like, no, we told you! We yeah, yeah. Like, uh, um, so. But, yeah, I think yeah. that they fixed legendaries pretty quickly. People, like, by 7.2, I mean, by 7.1.5, they had basically fixed legendaries because they gave um, throughput, like non-throughput legendaries. They had put um, uh, af like like extra stats on them. Mm. They they each got um, like a third stat, so you would get like crit, mastery, and haste, um, or versatility, or whatever you wanted to you wanted to get on there. Um, and so I thought that that was the best way to handle it, and then they handled it that way pretty quickly. But people kept complaining about legendaries, kind of almost like by like nostalgia. They had like anti nostalgia for how much the system sucked in the beginning of the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know, you know, whatever. I thought legendaries were were pretty cool. I definitely like Wakening Essences. I think that it's you know, if they had started with Wakening Essences, I probably would have been happier. Um, and not had, like, random drops, but, I don't know, there's something about getting random drop legendaries that's, like, gratifying. Um. Yeah, I'm, uh, the only, the only thing that I, I find that, I, that I'm a little bit aggravated about is, like, 
I can't use the legendaries I want right now because my two pieces for the last raid are in the slots or in one yeah, of the slots yeah. that I need. So, you know. Uh, I think that uh, I think the single best change that they made in Legion, are you ready for this, is the appearances tab. People forget that before this, you know what I mean, you had to have like your shit in like void storage or whatever. Yeah. But holy fuck, the appearances tab is just far and away the smallest but like most impactful upgrade, I feel like. Nobody talks about it, nobody thinks about it, but it was like the hugest change, um, I feel like, and the most positive change. Uh, that they made moving into like moving into Legion, I suppose. Uh, I also think world quests are an amazing system, super good. Uh, the three different legend, the, the sorry emissary boxes, right? The different kinds of currencies between order halls, straight gold, right? Getting items, um, uh, artifact power, the, all of that stuff was like really balanced and interesting. Um, I thought that adding paragon boxes for like reps that you had already maxed was pretty great. Um, I also loved uh, the the mount quest lines that everybody got in 7.2 with the order halls where everybody gets like their own special mount at the end of like yeah. that big long that big long quest line. I thought that that stuff was all super great. I thought that uh, uh, I don't know maybe that, maybe that's just maybe that's everything. Yeah, no, B Ban Lu is a much better mount than I thought he was going to be. Um, when I, I remember seeing the models for him, being like, oh, it's just another tiger. But he's got a lot of detail on him that I didn't think about, that I didn't realize. And then he also talks to you. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is sometimes funny, because he'll, like, talk in the middle of, like, a cutscene. He'll be like, oh, <laughs> bad loot, you're there. Oh. <laughs> um, um, but I think that's, you know, I think that's it. I am pretty confident saying that, overall, uh, Legion is the best expansion of Warcraft ever. Oh, uh, wow, that's, that's yeah. mighty praise. I te technically did not play Burning Crusade, so feel free to... No. Nope. Uh, I quit... At the beginning, or I quit basically when Burning Crusade came out, um, and then I only did it when, and then I came back for the game in Wrath, and then I've played every single expansion since, uh, but Legion has always held my attention. Um, I think that it had, it had content delivered at a schedule that all of us have always wanted content to be delivered on. Um, you know, like, we're not getting, like, 14 months of drought or whatever. And on top of that, like, the Argus stuff is, like, really comprehensive. You know, when you compare it to 6.2, which was uh, Hellfire Citadel and Tanan Jungle, right? Like, 14 months on the on the Tanan the Jungle was kind of not super interesting. But, like, 14 months on Argus uh, doesn't feel all that bad in comparison. We're probably only going to get about 10... No, more than that. When did 7.3 drop? October. Oh, I guess we're going to get about 14 months. About a year um on on the argus stuff and i think that um you know it's fun and it's and it's good and wow is better than ever have they announced when when bfa is coming out uh at least by 921 um so that or like at latest by 921 so okay. um it could be earlier than that or whatever but i don't think blizzard will do that i think they will release on september 21st all right awesome um, well, I think that's all we've got time for. If you'd like to tell yep. us what you think of WoW Legion, you can reach us at uh, podcast at com or subdervesplaygames at gmail.com. You can follow us at twitch.tv slash subdervesplaygames. You can uh, subscribe to us on all the great places that podcasts are found. Please leave us a review on iTunes if you can. Uh, if you use Apple, if you don't, make an account, leave us a review, and then delete your account. Uh, 
Uh, leave us comments everywhere. We love them. Reach us on Twitter. We love it all. Uh, I think that's everything I had. Buddy, do you have anything else you wanted to promote? I have nothing else that I am looking to promote. In that case, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners.